Oh, Jesus, our Savior, our Lord. Oh, you change everything. Oh, your presence is here, God. May those that are in this room that may be walking around with that addiction still, in the name of Jesus, may they feel the weight of the chains fall off because they're free. For those of us in the room with anxiety, worry, depression, oh God, maybe we get a glimpse of hope. Maybe we get a glimpse of you. May it fall down and may we experience your peace. May those in this room that are absolutely hopeless find hope in the name of Jesus Christ. May those in this room, Father, that need healing physically, spiritually, emotionally, or mentally, may your power reach in and heal them in the name of Jesus. Father, we're jumping into this series on prayer that the enemy of our soul does not want us to get into. So I pray even in this moment right now, you would settle our hearts and our minds. May we clearly hear from you. May whatever distraction that we carried in with us, may that be laid at the cross. Give us an open mind and open hearts and open ears to hear from you, God. Holy Spirit, may it be your voice, not my voice. May not my words, but your words spoken in and through me land softly on the hearts here in this room this morning and those watching online. Jesus, you change everything. And to that, we give you our highest praise, the highest worship. We give you our attention here and now. And it's in the incredible name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning, church. Let me welcome those watching online. And I'd like to, uh, I, it's awesome that we have that ability, the online experience there. And uh, I really want to encourage you, if you're just watching online and you're able to, really encourage you to be here for this series. If you're able to, watching online, that you would come and experience the worship together, that you would come and experience the presence and power of God in this room as the people of God worship. I, I think a little bit of this series that we're jumping into titled Prayer, Knowing and Experiencing God. I'm pumped up for this series. Here, good, I got one person pumped for prayer. That's the issue with prayer. Too many believers think, or uh, followers of Jesus think prayer is boring. How can prayer be boring if it encounters the holy creator God? Prayer is not boring. Prayer's not boring. You're boring. Ah, forgive me. I love you. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say you're boring. Turn to your neighbor and say you're definitely boring. 
That's rude. That's mean. Hey, I, I, there's a foundational verse for, that's going to set the tone for this series. You ask Pastor Ryan, how long do we have to be on this series on prayer? I don't know. It could be four weeks. It could be eight weeks. It could be till 2022. I don't know. I'm going to do whatever God has for us to do. And when God says, that's enough of this topic, here's the next thing you need to preach on, then we'll do that. Does that sound good? All right. Here's a foundational verse for the entire series. And I think it's the foundational verse, but I truly believe it's the invitation that God has for us. The psalmist writes this in Psalm 34. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm going to be honest. We tasted and saw the Lord was good last week. You saw a movement of God last week. You saw a two-hour service last week. I know. Some of you started sneaking out, right? I get it. You got plans. I totally understand those things. The movement of God last week was incredible. Here's what the Lord told me. I'm not done. I'm not done. Taste and see. And it lines up with this prayer series. Here's, I have three hopes for this prayer series. Again, not knowing how long it's going to take us. Uh, that's cool. It frightens me because I like to be planned. We did this last, you guys remember this last fall if you were with us? We did a Holy Spirit series. I told you, I didn't know how long that one was going to go. This is the same with the prayer. I don't know how long that one's going to go. But I think God's got some stuff in store for you and I because we're going to taste and see that the Lord is good. The Lord is good. Here's three hopes for this series. Number one, that you will change your calendar at, what are these two words, friends? At all costs. To engage in the seven nights of prayer that we're going to have. In fact, here's the image for it. It's called prayer. Hands up, hands on. Seven nights of prayer that we are doing in this room starting Monday, November 1st. November what? November 1st, really easy for seven straight days. November 1st to November 7th. And we got some cool things that uh, Pastor Brandon just brought this idea to me recently. And I'm like, that's going to be awesome to have. And so it's going to be at 7.30 starting November what? See, you all know it. Now, Now we don't have an excuse to miss it, right? We all know it. Starting November 1st, Monday, November 1st at 7.30. Okay, Ryan, what happens if, is there kids stuff? Right? As of now, we're not going to have kids stuff. You sit there and go, why? Then I can't make it. Because every event we have, we always have kids workers, right? I want them experiencing this service, this event for us. Well, Ryan, I have kids. What do I do? Got it. Okay, ready? Dad, husbands, you're going to stay home with the kids on night one. Night two, hey, dads, you get to come. Mom, you're staying home. Guess what happens on night three? Moms, you get to go, dad's staying home. You see how that works? Right? You just go every other day. Ryan, what happens if I'm not married and I have kids and, what, and I want to be here? What to do with my kids? Here's what we're going to say. Ask for someone to babysit. And I'm going to make a declaration right now because I promise first service and it's not fair if I don't promise it to you. The church will pay for your babysitter. That's how much I mean to get you here to this event. And if that's not enough and the church won't, because I just said that without approval from our board. <laughs> My wife and I will pay for your babysitter. 
That is how deeply I want you here. I don't, I, forget me, I think that's how deeply the Lord wants you here. We need it. Hands up in worship and prayer together. Hands on, because some of us need the laying of hands and the anointing of oil in your life. You need physical, emotional, spiritual, and uh, emo- uh, mental healing in your life. And that's, the, that's what we're told to do in Scripture, to have the elders, ter- the leaders of the church to come and lay hands and pray over you. That's the hands-on prayer. We're going to encounter the Lord at this event. Amen? At all costs, let's engage in that event. Whatever that looks like, at all costs, engage in that event. November, you got a month to plan out your plans, okay? Most of the sporting events are done by that time, so this will be great. Okay, here's my second hope in this series. I hope you have a mountaintop experience of God's presence, power, and purpose. I hope that you would have a fresh idea of what this word prayer even means. And my third hope is that you will find a renewed faith in God's power through prayer with a fresh fire to pray. A fresh fire to pray. Now here's what I want and I desire for the church. I don't want Radiant Life to be a church that prays. I want Radiant Life to be a praying church. And they're two different things. There are too many believers out, Christians out there today that just pray. No, 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 no. We will be on our knees daily before the throne of God praying to know him and experience him on a deeper, more intimate level. I don't know if you're fired up as much as I am this morning. Turn to your neighbor and say, get fired up. Turn to your other neighbor and say, giddy up. Here's what I need you to do. Repeat after me. Presence, power, purpose. One more time. Presence, power, purpose. Get this. God has chosen to make prayer the path to his presence, his power, and his purpose. This is why prayer is so important for you and I. That it is, it is God chose his lifeline, the communication lifeline to our creator is prayer. Into his presence, into his power, into his purpose. Because you need all three in your life. Now I know you come in this morning having questions about prayer. In fact, I know these are the questions you brought me this morning to answer them. I know you're thinking, number one, why do you pray? Why? And here's the second question you may be wrestling with that you brought me and asked me this morning. What do you pray about? Why do you pray? And what do you pray about? So let's dive into these two conversations this morning as we kick off the series. So let's answer this first question. Why do you pray? Why do you pray? Two words, and we're going to unpack each of these words. Here's the answer. Reality and reward. Reality and reward. Can we see these two words together? Are you ready? Reality and reward. Here's what the author of Hebrews chapter 11 writes in verse 6 about this idea. And without what, friends? Without faith. It is impossible to please God. Stop right there. Many of us need a higher faith. We need to increase our faith level. You wonder why you're walking around not seeing God move on your behalf? Not see miracles in your life? I wonder if it's the lack of your unbelief. Even Jesus went into his hometown. You would think they would welcome him in his hometown, right? But he gets there and he says, I can't do anything here with you people because of your lack of unbelief. 
Your lack of faith, I can't do what God wants to do in your midst. I have been praying this week, more than ever, God, increase my faith. Increase my faith. Maybe for some of us, that's got to be our prayer. I want to see God move. Maybe it's you have too little faith right now. And God blesses big faith. Your faith will get what you expect. You need to write that down. Last week, I'm going to rip my chest open for a minute and just share with you. Last week, do you know how vulnerable I got with you by doing spontaneous baptism? I am a guy that I've said over and over, I like to be planned. I like to know what's going to happen. You know why I was very afraid to do it last week? Because if no one came, I felt like I would look like a failure. Lean in. You know why I took the risk? Because I was being obedient to what I think God put on my heart. Hang in there. So I just started praying, God, I just, it'd be cool if you showed up. Would you, would you move? I don't want to look like a dipstick up there. <laughs> it's kind of scary to take a risk. But Lord, you, you told me I'm going to obey. Thursday, our, our, our staff team comes in here. We do some worship. We pray over the services. We, I, I came to them and said, hey, here's the number 10. Let's start praying for 10. I don't know why 10, because we were just praying general prayers at first. Like, God, move, move. We started praying for 10. 10 was like that. I, I don't know why the Lord laid the number 10 on my heart. Just start praying for 10. Start praying for 10. All right, we're praying for 10. Prayed for 10 on Thursday. Prayed for 10 on Friday. Prayed for 10 on Saturday. Woke up last Sunday morning. Had my quiet time and says, that's not big enough. Pray for 15. I like, pray for 15? This is spontaneous. Okay, God, if, if we're going to even get 15, you have to show up. You have to. All right. Lord, 15. 15 lives. I pray that 15 lives would be moved by your spirit and would be obedient if you're tugging on their heart. And we had 18. Do you see the faith struggle? We wrestle with it, don't we? We wrestle. We wrestle. Increase your faith. Watch God move. What are you expecting? Do you come in church and just expect, oh, man, I hope I hear a great message. I hope Brian knocks it out of the park. I hope the worship team does my favorite song. Oh, make it about me. Or do you come in this room with a breathless expectation you will encounter the presence of God? Increase faith. Tangent. Back on the topic. All right. And without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he, what friends? He exists, that's reality. That that God actually exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You ask the question, why do you pray? Here is number one, because prayer is a declaration of reality. Prayer is a declaration of reality. That there is a physical world, yes, but there is also a spiritual world. And when you and I are praying to the creator of the world, we are entering into reality. God, you are real. How many of you know right now this culture that we live in is living in the arrogance thinking that God is not real? It's, it's, it's ignorance right now. It's absolutely ignorance. 
that there's a creator God that spoke it all into existence, that he created you on purpose for a purpose. You are not a cosmic mistake. You were not this accident that went boom and now we have life, that the creator God spoke it all. You're created on purpose for a purpose. And when you and I decide to pray and talk to our Father, we are making a declaration of reality. That yes, we are given physical bodies. Yes, we are also spiritual beings. But sin marred it all. And one day, we will be back in heaven with our creator. Prayer is a declaration of reality. How many more of us, if you really examined your prayer life, stick with me for a moment. If you examine your prayer life, would your prayer life actually feel like you declare that God exists? Or does your prayer life sit there and go, I don't really have much. And if someone actually listened to my prayer, I don't even know if I'm declaring with increased faith that God is even real. See, in the book of Acts, there's a guy by the name of Peter. I love Peter. You know why I love Peter? He's a leader of the 12 disciples. But here's another reason why I really love Peter. Peter opens his mouth too quick sometimes. Can any of you relate or you know someone that's like, man, you just open, you just need to, like, don't, don't say that, don't. Like, that's sometimes Peter. But here's what I appreciate about Peter. He does that, and you and I get this rich encounter with Jesus in those moments. And this was one of those moments that, I mean, that's what Peter did, but now he's leading the church I mean, the Holy Spirit has come down on the apostles. They're leading the church. And the people that had crucified Jesus, he's now speaking to. I mean, this is a guy that cowered in front of a little girl when Jesus was on trial. And said, hey, you, you were with, you've got a Galilean accent. You were with this Jesus. And he's like, uh-uh, I don't know, little girl, I don't know what you're talking about. It's this Peter who's now standing in front of the crowd that was crying out, crucify him, crucify him. He's standing in front of that crowd bringing the message of Jesus. And we get this sneak peek, Acts chapter 3. And now, brothers and sisters, I know that you acted in what, friends? Ignorance. He's like, hey, you all didn't realize you acted in ignorance. You didn't realize Jesus was the Son of God. Here, you acted in ignorance, just as your leaders also did. In this way, God fulfilled what he had predicted through all the prophets, that his Messiah would suffer. Therefore, repent, turn back, so that your sins may be wiped out, that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Whew. He's sitting there telling him, listen, your arrogance is going to cost you something if you don't repent and turn to God. There's a reality here that the God actually exists. Oh, by the way, you all need to be refreshed. And in the presence of God, refreshing will come your way. Ignorance is costly. And you and I are living into that world and that culture right now where it's costing a lot of people. Uh, how, many, how many men or women, you, you're, you're good with cars. Is there anyone that re is really good, like you're a mechanic, good with cars? All right, good. You all are like me. I know nothing about cars. I basically know how to put air in the tire and put gas in the car. I struggle changing windshield wipers, right? It's just not me. And one time, I remember this. This was incredible. Uh, I was with my father, and I had, I, he's like, B. He called me B. B, 
you're low on oil. You need to go get a quart and put it in your car. Well, I've never bought a quart of oil before. I didn't know there was, de- there was all this, like, numbers to oil. I didn't know. I got the wrong kind to begin with. I didn't know. No, I was ignorant of it. And so I began to put a quart of oil in my car. Now, here's a picture of an engine. Anyone know what this is right here? A dipstick. Okay, very good. Very good. Hang in there with me. There's this little hole that the oil dipstick goes into. Remember, I know nothing about cars. I know skinny jeans and decorating. That's all I know. I don't know this stuff. And I know, I at least know that's the oil dipstick. I pulled it out and started pouring, pouring my quart of oil in that little hole. I mean, it's going everywhere. Honestly, I was like, this is horrible. And my father comes out. He's like, what is taking you forever? I was like, look how small that hole is. He says, you dipstick. That's the dipstick hole. There's a big hole right here. You can put that in there and pour your oil in. Oh. That's a game changer now. I wasted, I had to go buy another quart of oil because most of it was on the ground and in my engine by that time. Ignorance will cost us. Why do you and I pray? Because prayer is a declaration of reality that there is a God and God exists and he is on his throne. Prayer is a declaration of reality. In fact, prayer is also this invitation. When Jesus was teaching his disciples about this idea of prayer, this is what Jesus told him, or his disciples. This is found in Luke. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable. What is a parable? It's a story that brings out spiritual truth. Jesus was the master of parables. He spoke this parable to the disciples to show them that they should, can we read these two words together? Always pray and not give up. Always pray. When you and I are in prayer, we are making a declaration of reality and stepping into the teachings of Jesus that we are declaring that there is a God and we will always pray and not give up. That's what you and why do we pray? It's a declaration of reality. God, you are there and I'm here. Back to the Hebrews. You got to believe that he exists. Reality, there is a God. Watch this, and he rewards. He rewards. Another reason why I pray is because prayer rewards. Now, don't get too excited here. Doesn't mean he's going to make you and give you everything your heart that you desire. But as long as you're seeking after him, he will. It's not about what you want. God is not a cosmic vending machine that you plug in your prayer and he spits it out. What is the reward of prayer? His presence, his power, and his purpose. That's the greatest reward of prayer. When you need that help, his presence and power and purpose is there for you. What a beautiful Beautiful thing. See, there's a guy by the name of King David. 
King David, if you read the rest of Hebrews chapter 11 and chapter 12, you kind of go into what's known as the hall of faith, right? Our big faith heroes of, of, the, of God's word. A guy by the name of David, uh, we, he was anointed to be king of Israel around the age of uh, either 11, 12, 13, just somewhere, somewhere in there, anointed to be king of Israel, but he didn't take the throne yet. By the age of 17, David found himself on a battlefield with a slingshot and five stones and kills the giant Goliath, the Philistine. Eventually, David will take the throne, and David is known as a mighty warrior. Oh, he's a mighty warrior. And while his team is on the battlefield battling the Philistines, they're spread out in the valley. You know what God tells David? Don't go out there. I want you to pray. In 2 Samuel, we're told that what happens was is King David inquired of the Lord. What do you want us to do? The mighty warrior who, who has won many battles could have been the one on the front line battling the Philistines in the valley. But instead, he was praying. Then God gave him direction and it says, no, the, but David inquired of the Lord. It said the same thing three verses later. David knew something. There was reward in prayer. And right now, God, I need your presence, your power, and your purpose. What are we going to do with the Philistines in the valley? I wonder how many of us, we don't pray because we think, oh, I know what to do. I'm a mighty warrior. I've done this. Come on, guys, we're just going in the valley. That's what we're supposed to do. But what would it look like if we step back and say, no, 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 no. God, your presence, power, and purpose, we need it now. Before we move, what is it? What is it? Why do you pray? Because prayer is a declaration of reality and prayer rewards. And the greatest reward is his presence, his power, and his purpose. You, you brought another question. You brought this question. What do you pray about? There's so many things. We could take an entire message. You could... Jeez, you can take an entire series talking about what to pray about. But there was one thing I think the Lord wanted to speak to you today. You know what you and I pray about? Life's battles. Life's battles. Oh, just by, engage with me for a moment by, by a raise of hands. How many of you would say you're in a battle right now? Okay, how many of you would say, I got, I got actually maybe two battles going on. Maybe a third battle going on, you know. Right? Those that didn't raise their hands, you're introverted like me and you're lying right now. Okay? We all have battles. That's commonality here this morning in a room this size. The commonality is, listen, you got a battle spiritually going on. You have an enemy of your soul that doesn't want you to be in this room right now. You have an enemy of the soul that's trying to distract you. Think about how the lions are going to lose in two hours rather than hear the words of God. Hey, once you're a losing culture, good luck getting out of it, okay? It's hard. Life's battles, we got them. But here's the beauty of what you and I do in the life's battles that God has chosen to make prayer the path of his presence, power, and purpose. You need it. I need it. I need his presence, I need his power, I need his purpose in life's battles. Here's, let's go back to Hebrews. Remember, he rewards those. You gotta believe that he exists, reality, and that he rewards those, watch this, Earnestly seek him. 
how many of us would actually say, I'm earnestly seeking after the Lord? What I love about this verse, hang in here for a moment, is it doesn't say he'll reward if you casually seek him. Can I be honest? The last 12 to 18 months turned a lot of us into casual seekers and not earnest seekers. All of a sudden, we made this experience of coming into a building that we call church casual. If I want to make it, I got something going on. And there is something, for whatever reason, I've been in ministry long enough, that God always gets pushed aside and he gets our seconds and not our first. You have to earnestly, a deep desire to seek after the Lord and he'll reward. Now here's the problem. And I love you. Your pastor loves you. That's always like the preemptive strike to something big. I love you. But, no. Um, we want a mountaintop experience with the Lord without the climb. We want a $5 million faith on a $5 investment. We want the whole of God with half the effort. We must earnestly seek after him. Please lean into this. You don't experience God's presence until you pursue God's preeminence. And half of us are sitting there going, I have no idea what preeminence means. Preeminence means it's preeminent, which is God is first, you aren't. Every area in your life, God first. God is here. And you know what? I, I mean, mm, mm, mm. we love Jesus enough to be our savior because we don't want to go to hell, but we fire him as our teacher and Lord. We don't want him to be master. We want to be master. Just get me out of hell because I don't like going there, but I'm my master. You know what Jesus says? You're going to follow me, die to self. The greatest barrier to the intimacy of God is you and I. We're in our way. Our desire. Think about how you pray. You know, what you, you know how you and I pray, right? You know this. Ready? We got our list. Dear God, this is what I want done. Uh, move on this behalf and this and this and this and this. And uh, amen. Hopefully you do it. Maybe talk to you as soon as another problem comes up. Then we go on. We don't sit there every morning and say, God, hey, I'm on my knees. Your will be done today, God. This is about you, not about me. God, sh I need your presence in this moment. I want your presence to rain down in my school. I want your presence to rain down in my job, in my neighborhood. Your presence, but ultimately, God, what is your purpose for my life? I'm here, and I'm not moving until I hear it. You first, God. You first. And I'm not saying the list is wrong. Don't worry. I got a long list too. I need God to move in areas. 
but I'll never experience his presence as long as I say, God, I'm in charge, just bless my plans. Man, if you're not taking notes, you need to be tweeting all this right now. Don't give me credit, give God credit too. Say, spoken by God, not by Pastor Ryan, all right? Come on, look, 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 Deuteronomy, listen. But if from there you want, friends, you, you gotta seek. If from there you seek the Lord your God, you're gonna find him. Isn't that an awesome promise? Ah, but if you seek him with what, friends? There it is, all your heart and all your soul. You have to make God preeminent in your life. He is number one. He, you don't ask him to bless your plans. You come under the authority of God and say, God, how can I fulfill your purpose in my life and your plans here? Whew, it's getting hot in here right now. Come on, I'm excited about this prayer series, friends. I'm excited about it. I think it's gonna, I, it will change us and it will change the way you and I pray. And I think when you do, you're gonna start seeing fruit in your life like you've never seen it before. Get into God's presence so you can experience the power and purpose of God. You need his power and purpose for the life's battles you're facing. But it's gonna cause you to begin to deepen your prayer life and get into his presence that way. Remember how we started off? But this is the whole idea of a foundational verse for prayer in this prayer series. Taste and see. That's the invitation. I have a cupcake here. It's double German chocolate. Outside of heaven being the nectar, or outside of coffee being the nectar of heaven that will be there, cupcakes will be in heaven. I'm... Not quite sure, but I'm pretty sure. And um, you, you know, if you live in a house with a lot of people, you know how to make something yours? Lick it. Oh, see? <laughs> you say, that's mine right there, right? That's mine. No one's going to touch it now. You licked it. Your cooties are on it. It's yours. But, oh, man. Mm. That's good, friends. Taste and see. You'll never experience it because you're a passive hearer or listener. 